guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, before I jump into today's episode, I was wondering if you'd seen my new guide. It's called Five Unique Ideas for Social Media Posts, and it's yours if you go to janicefogarty.com. It's that simple. So if you've wondered about what you're going to post or wished you had some new ideas to post about, you really want to go download my guide. With the prompts I provide you, you'll have over a month's worth of social media posts for all of your different accounts. So check out my page at janicefogarty.com. I'll link to it in my show notes. You can go download your guide and never sweat about doing your social media posts again. That's right, never, because you can reuse these ideas with a different spin until you quit social media. You are welcome. Now let's get into our episode. Ever see those people, maybe your competitor or your idol, being quoted in the newspaper or even see them on the nightly news, and then you wonder how they got there? Was it luck? Is the reporter their sister or their family friend? Right place, right time? Magic genie? Well, maybe. More likely, though, it was foresight mixed with a bit of luck and work. And fortunately for you, I'm going to be your genie in a bottle, baby. Or at least the secret advisor in your ear. It's not quite as sexy sounding, but it's probably just as helpful. Hey, I'm Janice, and welcome to another episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence. Those are the three things I think are critical to every successful entrepreneur. So grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's get into today's episode. Now, if we think about the people you see on the news or being quoted, it's likely that they've pitched themselves for that placement. Pitching is something that is fairly common in the business world. Some people are brilliant at it. Others have someone else do it for them. And others really have to push themselves through their imposter syndrome to accomplish it. And I think that by the end of this episode, you should have a pretty darn good idea as how to become brilliant. And your own work will push you right over that threshold. And yes, I can hear you now saying, 
well, that's great, Janice, but what are you talking about? Pitching is when you basically make a case for yourself and your business to be used in a news or a feature story on something related to what you know and do. You put yourself forward as an expert or an example that a reporter can use in order to flesh out or round out their piece. It's always nice for a reporter to be able to humanize their stories, and to be able to do that with a local angle is even better. It helps them gain traction for their story locally and adds an extra layer of authenticity. So why would you want to put yourself forward? It sounds right off the bat like it's work and uncomfortable work at that. I don't know about you, but early in my PR career, I found reporters to be incredibly intimidating. But as I grew into my role, and as I grew more comfortable with my clients or my company, the authenticity of my pitches grew along with me, and I started to remember, they are just people. Yeah, there are people on TV or whose picture you see next to a story with their name, but they're people nonetheless. They're doing a job. And if you're able to make their job easier, they are all for it. Because honestly, newspapers and other traditional media are losing money at a phenomenal rate. Ironically, as I speak here on a fairly new medium, I have to say that I have really sad feelings about that. Because I have strong opinions about the ethics that many journalists carry and display in their work. And how the world requires independent news media to tell the world what is happening. However, this is not the time, nor the place. But my point is, is that reporters are the same as you. They're doing more work, often with fewer resources to research and flesh out their stories, and they are grateful for someone who's able to pick up a phone or respond to an email and fill in some required details. But remember seeing your idols or your competitors in print or on the TV? Yeah, so do your customers and your potential customers. That's why you want to put yourself forward. People see you in the media and you gain a bit of credibility. In the absence of a preferred vendor, they'll gravitate to that person they saw on the news talking about their issue. And you want that to be you. And did I mention that this is free? This is free publicity. Monetarily free. If you send a sample of your product, you need to make it extremely clear that it is a no-strings-attached demonstration of what your skills or your strengths are. Remember I was talking about journalistic ethics? That includes any semblance of bribery, which can induce a moralistic journalist to shy away from using you as a source, even though you might be well-suited to the task. Honestly, my personal advice would be to keep your samples to yourself until you have a relationship developed and you're confident that the sample will be taken in the spirit in which it is offered. But reporters get a bazillion pitches a day. Well, maybe not exactly a bazillion, but it often feels like that to them. So you need to make sure you connect, you make an impact. And if you shouldn't or can't send a sample of your work, how do you make an impact? How do you develop that relationship? I hear you. And this is where the work comes in. That work is going to involve email, phone calls, and putting together something like a resume for the reporter's use. Professionally, I'd call it a backgrounder, but it's just a short snippet of information about your business, who you serve and how, how long you've been in business, what your special talents are, and why you're uniquely placed to help that reporter 
get their job done. Your approach can be situation dependent. So if there's a specific need or if you're looking down the road, being reactive or proactive, formal or informal. Now that string of words aren't really helpful. So we'll break it down a bit more with three potential situations. When you are reacting to something that impacts you, when you want to draw attention to something, and when you want to be the on-call specialist. First, the reactive stance. This is when something happens in the news that impacts your business or industry and you feel the need to speak up. You might provide a vantage point or a personal experience. You might be better placed to comment on the potential effects of the event on businesses in the industry, even if yours isn't directly impacted. Because it is a timely topic, you can make direct contact with the reporter via email or a phone call, reference the topic, and explain your stance or your expertise then offer your services as a local resource. Before you do this, be clear in your own head what your stance is. Know what your topic is. If the issue is a legislative change in special needs funding and you're a private speech and language pathologist, you can speak to what you know and see, but you cannot provide a parent's perspective unless, of course, you are a parent of a child who uses or has used your services. You can speak to how the cuts will affect their ability to access services, but you can't discuss the personal situations of your clients. Now that's obvious because you have your own ethics, but you may be asked by a reporter to do just that. You never know. So be clear to yourself and the reporter what you can comment on. And because this is a timely issue you're dealing with, make sure you are available on short notice to follow up with the reporter nothing will get you taken off the advisor list quicker than messing up their deadlines. Second is pitching yourself when something happens and you believe attention should be drawn to it. This is potentially slightly shakier ground because you may not get the traction depending on what else is happening in the world and how well you can sell the idea to the reporter. Say for example you're a soap maker and you use essential oils in your products there's a big kerfuffle about an essential oil company making a bad batch or using less than stellar methods in distilling or even collecting their oils. And guys, like I am totally making this situation up. I know nothing about any oil companies and their methods. This is purely for illustrative purposes. So this kerfuffle can affect your business because the clients who know you know you use essential oils. Heck, it's all over your marketing. Because you are ethical yourself, you researched the daylights out of your oils and you only choose the ones that are vetted and graded by the required authorities and you followed the dosage advice from a certified aromatherapist. Actually, this could work for an aromatherapist too and so many others, but I'm just sticking with soap right now. So these days, a lot of people are using soap. Soap is a thing, more so in, than it has been in the past and I really shudder to think about the germs of the past. Anyway, you want people to be aware of the many fine companies and products that are out there that have high standards. And yes, that includes, but is not limited to you. You may need to be able to speak about the wider implications. The implications for soap makers, bath bomb makers, lotion makers, candle makers, aromatherapists, massage therapists. You get the idea. Everyone who uses essential oils. Consider that before you go forward. Be clear as to who, 
and what you are qualified to speak to, and if you can refer the reporter on to someone who is better suited than you to speak about certain issues. Because you've done all of this research in the past, because you have extensive knowledge through the daily use or weekly use, whatever it is, of these essential oils, you can put yourself up as a local expert. And maybe you give five tips to consumers on what to look for when they're considering buying a product that uses essential oils. You're essentially educating consumers. Your company will most likely get mentioned because you will most likely get mentioned. But nothing is guaranteed, guys. Nothing is guaranteed, guys. But your information will get out there. Even if it's not directly linked back to you, you can still kind of maneuver your way around into getting some credit. Say, link the article in your social media with a caption of, hey, look what I did, you know, if you have to. If you're in a busy city and there are crazy, amazing things happening, you may not get traction. You can follow up with an email to the features editor, or you can try a different media outlet, or you can try a different tack. Like, for example, show the potential economic impact of this to some locals who have essential oils or related products as part of their businesses. Maybe you guys get together and approach the media as a collective. There's power in numbers. But you have to remember that because it is important to you doesn't mean that it's important enough to the media to cover. It's up to you to put your best information forward. Explain why it's important. Back up your point of view with figures or extra people, and really, be grateful if it works. The third approach is the one that takes the most foresight, but that you can begin right now, and it's the established relationship approach. Check your local media. Who covers stories that are related to your type of topic? Look at the wider media, say online. Are there bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers, Twitchers, whatevers, who cover your area or something close to it? Drop them an email. Tell them who you are and why you're contacting them, which is to offer your services. Provide them with the best way to contact you and sign off. Make it short and sweet. You really have nothing of great importance for them at this moment, so don't waste their time with waffle and fluff. They may or may not respond. Don't lose hope if you don't hear from them. What I would do is then email them again after a while. And a while is subjective, right? A while is not 24 hours unless breaking news directly relates to you, in which case you don't have to follow up. They're probably going to come back to you. A while is like a month later. Or if you're working on something new that you can briefly share that adds to your credibility or demonstrates an extra area of expertise. You're just checking in. You're reminding them of who you are. Be friendly, be professional, be brief and clear. You're looking to be in their mind as someone they can call on to personalize their story. You're looking to be a resource for them. You're not looking to be a nuisance. If you show yourself to be interested and a good communicator, respectful of their needs, if they get the chance to speak with you, they'll probably do it. This takes time. Yes, it takes a bit of effort on your part, but it usually pays off in some way because even if that reporter moves or changes beat, they'll usually flip your details to someone who's looking for a source just like you. Now, you may have picked up on some key pieces of advice in there, but if not, 
I'd like to make them very clear, which is actually one of them. Be clear. Know what you can speak about. Concisely explain what niche you fill and what you can offer. Be respectful of their time and their ethics. Be open, friendly, and available. Provide value wherever you can. Don't wildly guess at things, but know what you're talking about, or just don't talk about it. Be who you are. That's more than enough. And if it doesn't work on your first try, don't worry about it. Not everyone is successful all the time. I've had pitches go from one extreme to another, where a reporter took my release that I had written about an event as part of my pitch and printed it with his byline. Not a word changed. All the way to a reporter correcting my pronunciation of Tanzania. I call it Tanzania. And basically laughing me off the phone. As an aside, she carried the story because I called her back with different information and I pronounced the place the way she wanted me to. Tough on the ego, but really good for the experience. This isn't a guaranteed approach by any means. There are a number of different factors that are completely out of your control, which will directly impact your chances of success. Same as in real life though, right? However, these three different scenarios play out behind the scenes all the time. Way more than you ever imagined. If this was something you had ever thought about. But if you follow the guidelines I laid out for you here today, you have a way better chance of your potential customer calling you up and saying, Hey, I saw you on the news the other day and I was wondering, can you help me? Hey, thank you so much for listening today. And if you like what you heard, I'd love if you could hit the subscribe button and leave me a positive review wherever you're listening. It doesn't cost you anything but an extra minute of time, but it means a lot to me. And if you really like what you're learning, head to JaniceFogarty.com and sign up for my weekly email. You'll be the first to know about the new episodes and the other plans I'm working on. So make sure to meet me, same time, same place, next week. Until then, stay safe and thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 